hey, it's time for the children's sermon, and we've we've switched it up. So um, I have a message for you guys today. So if everybody would come up, is this on? <laughs> Great. It's really funny. You can't hear it when you're wearing it. <laughs> Ah, there I got it. Well, good morning, everybody. Hi. I had so, it was so wonderful to watch watch you um, worship with us this morning, the flagging. I just want to tell you, it really, really, really blesses me. And, um, today, I wanted to talk to you guys about flowers. We have flowers kind of all over the place today in the in the sanctuary. Do you guys um do you like flowers? Yeah. My favorite's a daisy. Do you have a favorite flower? Anything pink and sparkly. Okay. What? Okay. Roses. Ah, oh, we have some roses in the vase over there. There's a lot of different different flowers here. Do you Oh, wow. So, you're talking about flowers. You guys must have a garden. Do you do you have have uh, flowers in your in your yard? Maybe growing in containers or growing in flower beds? Do you have anybody have sunflowers? Those are really fantastic right now. Yeah, and and the gladiolus. These Right over there, the purple ones on the floor, those are gladiolus. And then up above, there's some gladiolus, and then there's some uh, roses and some other white flowers. These are carnations, and those are, are gladiolus. Do you know um, what's different about these flowers compared to the flowers that are in your garden? What's different about them? They're different colors than what you have. Hmm. Well, some of them don't grow up here. Yeah. Uh, um, I have seen gladiolus growing at Pioneer Park, but um, in some areas they don't. But carnations, there's some little carnations that grow up here. Most of these I bought, and they probably grew in Washington. What's another thing that makes them different? You know what what really makes them different? They're cut flowers. They've been cut so they can put it. And you know what that means? They're dead. <laughs> They're dead. They look good, though, don't they? That's because when they pick them at the farms, at the flower farms, they spray them with preservatives and stuff. And then when I get them, I have a trick that Miss Maggie taught me. She was a flower designer, and she taught me how to mix water with 7-Up, and that perks them up and makes them look alive longer than, than the others. Um, but really, the, the true difference is that they're not alive. The flowers that are still attached to the plant, they're still living. And like rose bushes, they will grow, and then the petals will fall off the flowers, and they'll produce a fruit, what's called a rose hip. And you'll see those on the wild roses. 
And that's the, that's the fruit. It has the seeds to make more roses. Um, but uh, did you know, it's kind of sad though, huh? That, that you know, that, that, that the flowers here, as pretty as they are, are dead. Now, I can keep these going. I was able to, to keep these flowers going one more week. But I came and I clipped off all the brown stuff and, 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 and all the broken, wilted flowers, kind of cleaned them up. So at a distance, they still look pretty good. But they're not going to be here next week. I, um, I'll be throwing them in the trash. Did you know that people are like flowers? Yeah, and, even, um, and Jesus even talked about it. He compared people to branches. And branches on a plant are what the flowers. And in John chapter 15, Jesus told his disciples that he was the vine. He is the vine. So he's the plant with the roots. And then people are the branches that are attached to the plant. And then, and, and then the vine causes the branches to grow fruit and to be able to, and to be able to live because, because they're getting all of their power and energy and life from the branch. So the only, but the only thing is, what do they need to do in order to be able to produce fruit and to stay alive? They have to stay attached. We can't cut them like we did with these flowers. Yes. 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 You know, when when we are in Christ, we are a new person. But that's because we're attached to the vine. So, Jesus is, hmm? Like those ones? Like those over there? Well, did you know that to God, you are a pink sparkly flower? That you're a beautiful flower? And, and um, if we stay attached to God, then we, then we can live. And um, Jesus, he really wants us to stay with him. Because if we do, when we do, when we believe in him, and that we believe that he's the son of God, and that he suffered and he died on on the cross for our sins, and he was buried, and then raised back to life by the Father... He defeated death. And so he's divine. He is our life. So we can ask Jesus. We can ask Jesus to be attached to to him. Like you're a flower, but you want to stay alive in Christ. You can ask Jesus. You can confess your sins and ask him to forgive you and to come and live with you. And God will give you a new heart. And he'll give you his Holy Spirit that will keep you together with Christ forever. And you can be rooted.
that is so cool. You know, I was reading the Bible too, and I found a prayer that I wanted to, to pray for you. The best prayers are the ones that come from God out of the Bible. And in Ephesians, there is a prayer. that Paul wrote, and this one's in Ephesians 3. So I want to pray this over you, and then you'll be able to go go to your class or back to your parents, depending on, on who's working back there. But let me pray this for you. Lord, we bow our knees before you, Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of your glory, that you may grant these children to be strengthened with power through your spirit in in their inner being, so that your Son Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith, that you, children being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to understand what all believers understand that God is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. His love. You understand that you will be be in Christ so that you understand the breadth, the length, the height and the depth of Christ's love and that you could be filled with God's Spirit to all fullness. Lord, you are abundantly able to do this. All that we ask for or think according to the power at work within us, to God be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations and through this generation forever and ever. Amen. Okay. You want to talk about it after church? Because now i got to talk to the adults. Okay. I we I see I see Miss Jamie is there, so it's time to go back for Sunday school. She loves to talk like I do. <laughs> I'm gonna go grab my water. Good morning. It was really interesting to have uh, to have the subject be flowers. Uh, last night, I was typical of me. I was having a lot of trouble focusing and trying to just really discern what in Matthew three. Um, what was what the Lord was wanting me to share with you today. So I thought, you know, I think I'll just go over to church, check out the flowers from last week, see if I have to run into town and get some more, or uh um and and also set up communion. If it, sometimes if I'm active like that I can think better. So I came over here and uh they looked pretty good until I got close to them. And I realized, mm, boy, I'm going to have to really work them over. And uh, so I got to work um, in the uh, flower ICU. <laughs> 
and started trimming and uh, um, and changing the water and um, making the dead look more alive than they really are. Because if you're dead, you're not alive. And uh, it was interesting to have a, a beautiful fresh bouquet um, brought to me, uh, brought to to honor our floral designer, Miss Maggie, in her the one year anniversary of of uh, of her. Uh, uh, we call it her launch day to heaven, and uh, um, but even as beautiful as those flowers are. They're still dead because they're not attached to the plants anymore. And that's what I wanted to, to kind of show the children. It's interesting, too, that God explains a lot in agricultural terms. There's a, a, he talks a lot about seeds and fruits and plants and trees and uh and and equates that to um his kingdom and his people and the nation of Israel and um he does the same thing in Matthew 3 so if you turn with me to Matthew chapter 3 we're going to read through the first part of it And learn about the man who was anointed to prepare the way for God. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way and make his path straight. This was, John was from the very beginning of his, even before his life, even before he was born, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. His father, Zechariah, was a priest, uh, um, and it was his turn to, to uh, um, um, work in the, uh, in the temple, in the sanctuary. And he was, and he, and he, there he met up with an angel who prophesied about John the Baptist. Now in Matthew, they started, Matthew starts writing immediately after um, Jesus. He, he skips over Jesus, anything before John comes to make the way. As far as, you know, Jesus is born, goes, escapes to Egypt, he comes back to Nazareth, and then John is on, is, is, um, in chapter three. For Luke, I had this marked. The birth of John the Baptist, what the uh, um, this is proof that of what the the angel of the Lord told Zechariah in the temple. 
Zechariah was troubled when he saw him. But the angel said, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord. This is in Luke 1. And he must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn away, will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah, turning the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So in order for Jesus to come, God sent John to prepare the people in their hearts. So John was uh, doing his job. And in the next portion of ministry, he was... um, They describe what he wore. He lived a simple life. Um, He wore a garment of of camel's hair and leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey because he lived out in the wilderness. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan confessing their sins. So he called them to confess their sins, to repent and turn to God, and then he baptized them. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his um, baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from the stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now, the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. This was... The Lord speaking through John. He saw right through these religious leaders. They, um, they looked good. They looked pretty. They looked like men of God. But they were dead flowers. They weren't attached to the vine. They did not have the Holy Spirit in their life. They, they weren't obeying God. They weren't following God's righteous way. They didn't understand that it is impossible for man to be in his own righteousness. The only way we can we can we can come to righteousness and follow 
God is to rely on the saving grace of Jesus Christ. So when he talked about, once again, you recognize that, that John talked about the trees. And, and um, I, there were other things. A lot of what John said alluded to the prophets in the Old Testament. This is all God's word. The trees represented the children of Abraham, the Jews. And God, as the orchard owner, was poised to chop down the trees that were not bearing good fruit. The kind of fruit that only comes from a heart that returns to God in repentance. But salvation of all would come from the same orchard of Israel. Not only does Isaiah 11's root of Jesse come to mind in John's rebuke of the hypocritical uh, religious leaders, but a passage in Isaiah 6 also speaks of who will come. In Isaiah 6, verse 13, uh, it says, If even a tenth, a remnant, survive, it will be invaded again and burned. They're talking about Jerusalem. This was before the, uh, bef- before the uh, um, Babylonian exile. But it was telling of it. But as a terebinth or an oak tree leaves a stump when it is cut down, so Israel's stump will be a holy seed. The root of Jesse. That is the Messiah, Christ. The holy seed. This was what John was called to do. To call, to make way for the king. For the kingdom of God was at hand. He was doing his job. He was calling for repentance, baptizing with water those who confess to their sins, and repent to prepare the way for God. He was, he was calling them to get their hearts ready. And then, we read a little further, God shows up. If you go to Matthew 3, verse 13, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized immediately, he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And that is the conclusion of chapter 3. But it is such a rich, rich set of verses. My question was, 
why, Jesus, just like John, why do you have to be baptized? You're God. You, you, you have no sin. Why do you have to be baptized? But Jesus said, and this is where I have, you'll see it on the screen. This is the NLT, and this really helped me to understand a little bit more about righteousness. It should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. Matthew 3.15 John went to Jesus. He asked the question, and Jesus answered him. Being the word righteousness. Being all that God requires. So, why be baptized? Jesus didn't have John baptize him because he had repented and been cleansed. Jesus already possessed righteousness. He had come to be our righteousness. All of God's righteous requirements for the Messiah were fully met in Jesus. Instead, the baptism was Jesus' debut to earthly ministry. This was the launching off point. His public debut. For one thing, and I understood this because I work as a direct support professional, um, and there's a term called modeling. That many times, instead of giving a person instructions, um, it's best to just do what you want to show them and model that behavior. Parents know this very well. And God our Father does too. Jesus was modeling what we should do by demonstrating this visible act of turning to the Father. Another thing was the baptism also showed who Jesus is, that he is consecrated and approved by the Father and the Holy Spirit. The triune Godhead was revealed in a visible, like the dove, and audible way. God, the Father, the invisible God, spoke and said he was well pleased with his Son. And Jesus, in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, all together, God, the complete package. Number three, the baptism and the subsequent approval of the Father and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now remember, Jesus has always been in perfect relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit. This debut was not the filling of the Holy Spirit. It was a demonstration of the triune God, a visible Demonstration as he modeled what could be possible through him. Even John the Baptist, who had been 
calling to people to repentance. And the, and, and the Holy Spirit had been cleansing these people and they had been, been, been um, baptized, did not understand that until Jesus instructed him to baptize him. That's what this abiding relationship, it kind of brings us full circle back to the flowers. A week ago, these flowers were fresh and beautiful. And they served their purpose, honoring a dear friend and, and who, by her witness and by her abiding in Christ, is now in heaven. And, and, and she proclaimed and witnessed about her Savior every day of her life with him. And these flowers were, were part of that celebration. They were fresh and beautiful, and yet they were still dead. I used a trick to keep them looking nice a little longer. What I told the kids about mixing the 7-Up uh, the with the water and uh, um, clipping the flowers so that they could drink up that preservative. It's fake. It's, it's like embalming. They're also already been sprayed by the, by the uh, shippers and the, and the farmers to make sure that they look really good and that they don't look like what they really are. And as I told the children, I was able to come and clean them up and clip a lot of the dead. And, and, and I had a pretty big bag of um, unsightly pieces of the flowers. I was able to clean them up pretty good. And uh, as people, and as a person who remembers life or not having life in Christ, um, I thought I could clean up pretty good too. I thought I could, you know, put on a good put on a good face and, and uh, clip off the dead parts, kind of hide them and just keep a smile on my face. And uh, yet inside I was dead. I didn't even realize how dead until the Lord brought me to life. Jesus talked about it in the Bible. Like I said to the children, he said, our Father in heaven is the vine dresser, the gardener. His Son Jesus is the vine. And people, the children of God, are the branches. That, once again, is in John 15. That is such a wonderful chapter to, lead, to read when, whenever you're feeling, uh, um, whenever you feel like your faith is failing. You know, Go to John 15 and be encouraged. Like the flowers, if we stay attached to Jesus, then he, we will produce fruit. That's the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22. Can we remember them? <laughs> Love, joy, 
peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Yes. Self-control, gentleness, and also faithfulness is one. It depends upon the uh, the um, translation. People who don't belong to Jesus are like these cut flowers. They may look nice for a while because they draw up the water and preservatives of the world, but they're dead in the spirit. And the dead don't produce fruit. There won't be any seeds or fruit coming out of these flowers. There's no use. I, With my daisies, I've been trying to expand my flower bed and uh, and I've planted some daisies and I don't have very many so I don't cut the flowers to enjoy them in the house because I want them to go to seed so that I can have more daisies. If I cut them, the seeds will, there won't be seeds and uh, they'll be useless. Just like these flowers The people who are dead in the spirit are destined for the burn pile. They're separated from eternal life with God. By next Sunday, all of these gorgeous flowers will be in the trash. They will be what, they will go where they are destined to go. But praise our merciful Savior Jesus Christ. I've got good news. You can be resurrected to a new life in Christ. Today, when you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He suffered and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and then defeated death when he rose from the grave alive, you can confess your sins and ask Jesus to forgive you and come live in you. God is merciful. By his grace, he will give you a new heart and his Holy Spirit will come to live in you and you will be alive in Christ forever. Ask yourself, is Christ in me? If the answer is no, Jesus is your good news. And those of you, and I ask myself this, am I staying with the vine? Am I partaking of the life that God gives me every day? Am I abiding in Him? This is something that we each need to go to God and ask Him. He can search our hearts. He knows what's going on. He knows who belong to Him and are alive in him, and he knows the dead flowers too.
no matter how pretty they look. I want to pray the same prayer for you that I prayed for the kids. Um, It's out of Ephesians 3. Verses 14 through 21. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in his love, may have strength to comprehend, to understand with all the saints, all the believers, what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with all fullness of God, and now to the power, now to him who is able to far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen.